Welcome to CEF Insights, your source for closed-end fund information and education brought to you by the Closed-End Fund Association. Today we are joined by Rob Amadeo, Head of Municipals at Western Asset. Western Asset is an affiliate of Franklin Templeton, where the firm has successfully managed U.S. municipal assets since 1984. With nearly four decades of average experience, the Western Asset Municipals team seeks to identify long-term fundamental value, inefficiencies, and opportunities in the U.S. municipal market through top-down macro assessments, deep credit research, and relative value analysis. The Western Asset Municipal team manages three municipal closed-end funds, Western Asset Managed Municipals Fund, ticker MMU, Western Asset Intermediate Municipal Fund, ticker SBI, and Western Asset Municipal High Income Fund, ticker MHF. Rob, we're happy to have you with us today. Well, thank you for having me, and I look forward to our discussion about the opportunities in the municipal bond market today, and of course, how we approach them at Western Asset Management, so thank you. Rob, the municipal bond market presents a broad and diverse range of opportunities for a potential investment. In managing MMU, SBI, and MHF, can you discuss the investment team's core strategy? Sure. You know, at Western Asset Management, we're all about active management. And what that means is we're really looking to identify the best investment opportunities that the municipal bond market has to offer. And then we look to deliver those opportunities to our clients within an actively managed, well-diversified portfolio. So with specifically to MMU, SBI, and MHF, which are the symbols of these closed-end portfolios, each of them are unique, and yet some of them are very similar to one another. So first, the similarities. They're all national portfolios. So we invest in every part of the United States and its territories. So every region, whether it's a down to the town level or municipal authority at the town level. Now, the difference, though, is in terms of credit allocation as well as their duration or sensitivity to interest rates. So MMU, which is we call it Managed Municipal Portfolio, again, it's a closed-end fund, it's a national fund, but its durations are longer than most of the other portfolios, and so it's considered to be a bit more sensitive to changes in interest rates. Well, SBI is intermediate, so we call that an intermediate portfolio, and that all that means is that it's duration or sensitivity to interest rate changes is slightly less than that of MMU. MHF is a very unique product. It's income biased. And so therefore, we anchor the portfolio within, say, the triple B part of the credit spectrum. Its duration is more similar to MMU than SBI as it's a long duration product. But the difference across or between these three portfolios, beside the facts that I just mentioned, is MMU and SBI are levered portfolios while MHF is an unlevered closed-end portfolio. What is your process to evaluate this investment universe to develop a workable set of potential investments? The process to distill down the vast universe of municipal bonds to a manageable set of potential investments is truly a formidable challenge. There's over a million QCIPs in a marketplace. Here at Western, it's a mix of seasoned professional investment team members and cutting-edge technology that truly helps us sift through the municipal bond market and helps us evaluate the risk in every bond. And then, of course, we'll contrast our evaluations to the current market prices. And the current market prices are really just where supply meets demand in the market. And we do that to identify, in our view, the best investment opportunities. And I think in summary, I think in, it's a unique synergy here at Western Asset Management, this powerful combination 
of cutting edge technology and a team investment approach that enables us to do a few things. One is to cast a wide net really across the entire market, but also allows us to refine our focus and identify specific investments that resonate extremely well within our value-based portfolios. How do you then make specific security selections and allocate those positions as you build your portfolio? When it comes to security selection, I think the goal is always to strike an optimal balance between, say, navigating risk and maximizing potential return. So specifically, we begin our security selection process by focusing primarily on three things. Of course, there's, there's a variety of factors to consider, but the primary things that we focus on are, first, the issue is credit strength, the sector outlook, and then, of course, the bond characteristics that are attached to the specific investment that we're looking at. But first, you know, the credit team here at Western Asset Management, we have obviously the global, the depth and the breadth of the global resources here. We have a team of credit analysts that are dedicated specifically to public finance. And of course, they're backed up by the, the resources around the firm. So if we need to tap into other credit resources from around the globe, we, we have that opportunity as well. And then with regard to our sector outlooks, certainly uh, with the veteran team that we hear, have here at Western Asset Management, we understand the health and the risk within and across the different sectors. But also, we have a firm view as to where we are in the business, the interest rate, and the inflation cycle. We'll call it the macro view. And our sector outlooks are consistent with our firm's macroeconomic outlook. And then the last part is, you know, you want to look at the respective risk characteristics attached to the respective bonds. And that is coupon maturity, optionality, and cash flow. And when you look at all of those factors combined, then we start looking at our allocations within our portfolio. They're really guided by a well-defined risk budget. But also, more importantly than just a risk budget, we're looking at the value of each security and the value that each security offers at the QCIP level. And then more importantly, or just as importantly, how well those securities are expected to work in by themselves, as well as together within the aggregate or the portfolio level. And so I think it's a multi-pronged approach, but it's really backed up by the, the breadth and depth of the global resources here at Western Asset Management. Interest rates have increased dramatically over the past two years. How did your portfolios adjust over this period? You know, I think the past few years offered a dramatic amount of volatility. And, you know, obviously we hope that that level of volatility is, is behind us. You know, I think as an active manager, we look to take advantage of those bouts of volatility, especially, you know, during the past few years. I think, thankfully, our active management style afforded us the opportunity to adjust our portfolio's sensitivity to interest rate changes uh, by both increasing and as well as decreasing our durations or our sensitivity to rate risk. We also adapted to the volatility by also repositioning our curve exposure. So here being an active manager, we have the opportunity to buy a bulleted structure, which is just a concentration of you know small amounts of maturities. We could barbell the portfolios, which is owning a combination of short and long bonds or really a variety of curve exposures. And we did move our curve exposures around as well. Then, of course, focusing on credit quality to stay ahead of the market. So I think all of those factors combined really helped us successfully navigate the, the market volatility that we experienced during the past couple of years. Rob, the Federal Reserve seems to be near the end of its rate hiking cycle. Inflation has slowed but remains elevated, and economic growth has been resilient. 
We also have significant geopolitical tensions that have added to volatility. Where do you see the fixed income markets currently, and what is your outlook for 2024? Currently, fixed income investments are offering the best values we've seen in a very long time. You'd have to go back almost a little bit more than a decade to see better values than we see today. I think also the, the other important part about you know being within a well-diversified portfolio and active management uh, type style, the other benefit of owning fixed income portfolios that we deliver to our clients here at Western Asset Management is the diversification benefits of fixed income are resurfacing. And we haven't seen that over the last couple of years. So I think you know a couple of factors. One is the diversification benefits are improving and the valuations in the marketplace are much improved over the last couple of years. Uh, looking ahead, you know, our view from a firm's perspective is the economic growth is expected to be solid. We're not expecting extraordinary domestic economic growth, but we are expecting a resilient economy. And inflation, our view in terms of inflation, you know, we continue to believe that inflation will downshift. It'll be an uneven path, you know, a few steps forward, a couple steps backward. But you know, with attractive fixed income valuations that we're seeing today, a decent economic outlook, we're optimistic for 2024, and we believe that investors will be rewarded for owning fixed income securities in 24. Yet, as always, being an active manager, we'll be ready to manage our way through any challenges that come at us. Specifically for the municipal bond market, what are your expectations for a new issuance of bonds with regard to scale of supply, quality, and diversification? Expectations for new municipal bond issuance I think there's a scarcity value to municipal bonds today, and it's real. There's been really little, if any, borrowing needs among issuers, and there's been a decreased opportunity in refinancing older, higher-cost debt and replacing it with new, lower-cost debt. And both of those factors have really dragged supply lower this year. Looking ahead, uh, we're expecting a modest increase in new municipal bond supply next year, 2024. But Nothing in our expectation, nothing that really should upset the market's balance. So we think a nice, healthy balance between supply and demand. I think more importantly, the scarcity value that we see in municipal bonds today is, is more likely to remain in place into the early part of next year. Of course, we'll, you know, we'll be taking a hard look by the end of the first quarter into the second quarter, but we think that the marketplace is in good shape to absorb any potential modest improvement or pickup in supply. Are you finding municipal bond valuations to be broadly attractive, or is this more security or segment-specific? It's a mix of both. I, I think some sectors broadly offer good value. And, you know, just a couple examples. One is transportation, other water and sewer, just to name a couple. You know, though other sectors you know, require a more selective approach, like healthcare and higher education, to name a couple. So yeah, I think in summary, there's value to be found across various and a variety of sectors, and we don't really see a fundamental justification for avoiding munis at all. But I think it's also about picking the right securities, the right names within and across the different sectors. And I, I think that's good advice for investors broadly. It's always essential for municipal bond investors to maintain, in our view, a sharp focus to isolate specific securities that offer compelling value and that's how you're going to differentiate yourself in this in this type of marketplace. How do municipal bond valuations compare to taxable fixed income securities? You know, I always like to say, and perhaps it's too general of, of a statement, but I'll go ahead and say it. If you pay taxes, it's always a good time to own municipal bonds 
and municipal bonds generally look more favorable than their taxable counterparts if you're paying taxes. Now, absent that broad and very general statement, you know, I think municipal bonds often provide better after-tax yields uh, than their taxable counterparts and really makes them a, a, you know, quite appealing for those uh, investors who pay income taxes. And I think in today's marketplace, when you look at municipal bonds with uh, maturity, say, shorter than 10 years, you know, specifically where the valuations are, I think they're more fully valued versus those with maturities, say, 10 years and longer, which we think are offering better value when you compare them to their taxable counterparts. Other than that, municipal bonds are often compelling valuations just more broadly. Where are you seeing the best opportunities in the municipal bond space? So we're encouraged by the solid fundamental backdrop in the municipal bond marketplace. And it's our view that municipal credit spreads should remain stable against this backdrop of you know, a steady economy and a downshifting of inflation. So what we're eyeing are really allocations toward a healthier dose or a healthy allocation toward single A and triple B rated bonds. And we also have interest in larger, more liquid below investment grade issuers. So below investment grade uh, looks attractive to us as well. Then from a structure perspective, I think one thing that investors in municipal bond market don't talk enough about is what we call the coupon stack. You hear that very often from mortgage-backed investors, but particularly the yield spreads between a 3 a 4 or a 5% coupon in the municipal bond market for the same issuer can be significant. And what we've been doing is we've been adding to lower coupons because a couple of things. One, we expect them to outperform. And we expect them to outperform because there's a yield premium where you could earn more income. And also they afford the investor a potential for improved price action as they come with a better convexity, a lower dollar price, better convexity. So we're expecting lower coupon debt to perform better in a lower rate environment. And of course, as we just mentioned, we see better value in the longer end of the curve versus shorter maturities as well. What are the most significant risks in the current environment? The immediate risks that we see to valuations are more likely to come from less favorable market technicals, meaning an imbalance between supply and demand. So we're watching very closely the cash flows into and out of open-end mutual funds and ETFs on the buy side. And then on the sell side, obviously watching very closely the new issue pipeline. And we already talked about that. We expect a modest improvement or pickup in supply, but nothing to the degree that will destabilize the market. I think other potential risks that we're watching for uh, certainly include shifts in investor sentiment that could lead to elevated market volatility. And certainly we've experienced plenty of that over the last couple of years. Another factor we're looking at are potential for regional budget shocks, although we think that's a low probability in today's market environment. But you know, budget shocks are always risks that you want to be aware of or potentially be aware of. And then, of course, cybersecurity threats. I think the increased use of technology to deliver public services and really to uh, retool and modernize our infrastructure, increased use of technology and such is leading us toward down the road toward you know, more the potential for cybersecurity threats. And of course, tax changes that could impact tax valuations. So those, are, those are the factors that we're watching. I, I think all of those combined are probably low probability events. And you know, I think the, the greatest probability is more likely a pickup in the imbalance in the market technical supply versus demand, but certainly have a watchful eye for a pickup in any credit rating downgrades from unexpected budget shocks. Again, we think that's a remote concern today, though. How are your portfolios currently positioned? Our portfolios are positioned 
to strike a balance between navigating risk that we just talked about, while also optimizing returns. I think, you know, specifically our portfolios from a rate risk perspective or durations, our durations are as long today as they've been in 10 years. So that we really think that the investor will benefit by having long rate risk, uh, long durations in their portfolio. And also, as we talked about the credit profiles in the marketplace, we think also investors will benefit by being long credit risk, as we say, or being kind of focused on the um, part of the credit spectrum where we see like single A, triple B and below investment grade, where we see you know more yield and more potential for total return. So we're long risk in our portfolios. Now, of course, some parts of our portfolio, we, we're long duration and some of that long duration can be viewed as somewhat of a hedge to offset potential spread widening, which we don't think is, we think is a low probability event. But, you know, for the most part, we're positioned in a risk on position in our portfolios, long rate risk and long credit risk. Rob, municipal bond closed end funds have been trading at very wide discounts to NAV compared to historical averages. MMU, SBI and MHF invest in different segments of the municipal space. How do you see an allocation to actively managed municipal bond strategies best positioned in an income-oriented investor's portfolio? Yeah, I think very in a very direct response, active municipal bond strategies should be a key component of any well-rounded portfolio, especially for those investors who are subjected to income taxes. There's, there's little, if any, way to shield income from taxes other than municipal securities and the benefits of active management in the fixed income marketplace are known throughout. And here at Western Asset Management, you know, we take great pride in delivering outstanding or superior performance within and across the variety of portfolios that we offer our clients. So I think it should be a key component in any portfolio. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time to share your thoughts with us today. The pleasure was mine. Thank you. And we want to thank you for tuning in to another CEF Insights podcast. For more educational content, please visit our website at www.sepa.com. This material is not and is not intended as investment advice, an indication of trading intent or holdings, or the prediction of investment performance. All fund-specific information is the latest publicly available information. All other information is current as of the date of this presentation. All opinions and forward-looking statements are subject to change at any time. Western Asset Management disclaims any responsibility to update such views and or information. This information is deemed to be from reliable sources. However, Western Asset does not warrant its completeness or accuracy. This presentation is not intended to and does not constitute an offer or solicitation to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security, product, investment advice or service, nor shall any security, product, investment advice or service be offered or sold in any jurisdiction in which Western Asset is not licensed to conduct business and or an offer, solicitation, purchase or sale would be unavailable or unlawful.